So many doors you've opened. So many ways you've made. You've been good to me. Clap your hands and praise the Lord all over this place. So good, so good. Clap your hands. The children are being dismissed. The children's church, if you're watching online, we have children's church from ages 5 to 10. So now you can come on and the kids will worship with us and then they'll go to their own service and they'll be taught uh, and uh, trained in the word of the Lord by our sister Yemi who is trained and who is well capable of doing the Lord's will for our children. Can you say amen? Let's go to the word of the Lord today. I won't be before you long. I say that every week, but uh, I mean it this week. One day y'all will believe me. Uh, let's go to the book of John, chapter 21. Excited about what God is doing here. My wife and I are going to be doing a brief recording after service, so if you got a few minutes, if you want to stick around. We're going to talk about what we have learned in our marriage, in the first year of marriage. Um, so get ready for that as I unleash all the secrets and uh, spill the proverbial tea, as they say. But it's going to be good. It's, it won't be, won't be long at all. We're going to do it in here. And I'm excited about it. John 21 and chapter, uh, verse one. When you have it, say amen. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Ditimus, and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not it was Jesus. Hmm. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find it. They cast therefore, and now they were unable to draw it draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he gird his fish's coat upon him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but it was were 200 cubits dragging the net with the fish. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid their own and bread. 
Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and drew a net full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? There is so much to unpack in there. Come and die. For a few moments, let's talk about, let's talk from this subject. Your nets are too predictable. Your nets are too predictable. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for your grace for the moment. We thank you for your help. We thank you for your strength. We thank you, Lord, for coming in this place, touching us here in this place or online and, and just speaking to your people today. We come to hear a word from you, God. Speak, Lord. The flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Your humble servants come today asking you for a word, clarity and direction, peace and strength. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Your nets are too predictable. The philosopher Plato, around 380 B.C., uh, gave this famous quote that necessity is the mother of invention. Necessity is the mother of invention. Meaning that because something you see a need, it is now necessary to create and to invent. But in, a, in uh, inventions, the word is right in front of me and I lost it that quick. Inventions require innovation. Say that three times fast. Inventions require innovation. Okay? In order for you to invent, you must first be innovative. But in order for you to be really innovative, it's going to require a period of discomfort because you cannot be comfortable and innovative at the same time. The writer uh, Laura Thatcher Urich says that well-behaved women seldom make history. If you're going to be innovative, if you're going to do anything outside of the box, anything that is, that is going to take you higher in life is going to require you to be discomfort, uh, in discomfort and uncomfortable for a period of time. Now, when I say going higher in life, that could be going higher in a myriad of different ways and areas. 
You could be trying to go higher, wanting to go higher in your career. You could want to go higher in your peace and your well-being, going higher in your marriage, going higher in your relationships. Normally, when we say going higher in life, we equate it to money. But I want to I want to squash that notion that that higher isn't just about going higher financially because you can be up high financially but still low down emotionally and and spiritually and mentally so i don't want to i don't want to just put going high in your life as being the pursuit of more money higher in life is really relative to what you need to be higher in so we can't let people nowadays try to box us in and say, well, you should be making this amount of money, and that means you're going higher. No, because I know people that make that amount of money, but who still feel lonely and depressed and who still take pills to get up in the morning and pills to go to bed at night, and they have no peace, but yet they make millions of dollars. So making millions of dollars does not equate to happiness. It does not equate to higher if you don't get all parts of the light of your life to come up with it as well. First John said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul does prosper. That means finding balance. Finding balance in every area of your life. So as God begins to take you higher, that's going to require some discomfort because you, if you've never been to a place, then how do you know what feels normal to a place. So God, God is going to take you to a place and it's going to require you to, to learn again. It's going to require you to become a student again. And doing all of that requires you to have a certain level of discomfort. Can you say amen? But the reality is, is when somebody hits a challenge in their life, the most obvious thing to do when you hit a challenge is to go back to the familiar because you know where the victory lies within the familiar because you've been there before and it worked before and as we like to say there's no need in reinventing the wheel if things become challenging I'm going to go back to square one as we say and go back to what I know because I'm comfortable there I have been comfortable there. I have gotten the victory there, and I know how this thing works. I tried that other thing, and I got knocked back three paces. So now I'm going to go back to what's comfortable. I'm going to go back to a place that is familiar. I'm going to go back to a place where they know my name. It's like the old show, Cheers. Everybody knows your name. And so everybody in that situation, everything in that situation knows your name because it's comfortable for you. A late study in uh, 2020s, uh, when they surveyed people, 70% of the respondents said that they consume more comfort foods and envision themselves continuing to consume more because 2020 was a year. Do, do, do we all re remember that? You probably don't want to remember that if you like some of us. You want to just kind of scoot that out the way. But the reason why many people went back to uh, going back to comfort foods and some of us, our clothes, I don't know how it happened, but the, the threads got tighter and I don't know what happened to the waist 
on my pants. Something happened. It was the comfort foods. You were, we were comfortable. And then we went from wearing uh, uh, sweatpants. And then that, that first day, anybody remember that first day you had to put some real clothes back on? You had to put that belt back on. You had to put them hard bottom dress shoes back on. And you felt, ooh, we, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what happened to me these last few months, but uh, I think I need to make some changes in my life. Some of us, we still trying to figure that out. That's why I tell, I tell my young sons and I, I tell all the young people, enjoy it, because when you, when you get older now, it's gonna, it, it, it'll come on easy. It's going to work. You're going to have to do a little bit extra to work that off, all right? Enjoy that cake while you can, because sooner or later, that cake going to stay with you a lot longer than you want it to, and that cake going to stick around. And it's going to show you in that suit, hey, I'm still here, player. Anyway, they went back to what's comfortable because what's comfortable brings you comfort in the time of a challenge. The real reason why people, not just the food, but the real reason why people revert back to the familiar, revert back to what is comfortable because the system that you wanted to believe in disappointed you. And so when the system that you wanted to believe in disappointed you, again, you say, you, you begin to clam up and you, some of us, you, you begin to shelter our heart in place and shelter our mind in place so we're no longer disappointed by that thing. So we go back to the familiar because I know it here. That's the reason why some inmates uh, find it easier to go back to the system. They call it being institutionalized because they know how the system works. They call it three hot in a cot. They get three meals a day. I have somebody tell me when, I, when to wake up. I got somebody telling me when to go to bed. I got somebody telling me when to eat. I got somebody telling me when it's wreck time. And so I tried to step out into your world that you deem as normal, but because I've been institutionalized that's unfamiliar to me, and it's unfamiliar and it's uncomfortable. So instead of growing, I want to commit another crime and get back to my comfort zone because here I'm on automatic. I don't have to think. I don't have to process. I don't have to try to figure things out. Everything is done for me, and that's the way some people are with life. You're institutionalized by the pain. You're institutionalized by the people who cause you misery. You're institutionalized by the job that you're unfulfilled with. You're institutionalized by the family that doesn't expect more from you. You're institutionalized. So anytime you get over with some, to somebody else who requires more, you find it uncomfortable and unsettling. And so you cannot find comfort with them because they require more of you. So you say, let me go back to what is familiar because I know how this system works. And instead of growing, I'd rather go back and die with you all and stay low in that low mindset, that low thinking, because over here I got to grow or I got to go and I choose to go. In relationships, one of the biggest reasons people go back to an ex, according to philosophy.com, is because the, one of the number one reasons is philosophy, uh, familiarity. Familiarity. We've all heard that saying, you go with the devil you know, right? 
instead of going after somebody else. And sometimes that is the devil you know. And some of y'all go back to the devil you know, and you know that's a devil, but that's, that's for another subject here. But look at, look at the irony in that statement that people have quoted. You go back to the devil you know because the devil knows you. You go back to the hell you know because that hell knows you. Instead of being uncomfortable for a moment, you say, I'm going to go back to the thing that I know because it knows me. And I'd rather be miserable in what I know than uncomfortable trying to grow. I'd rather be miserable over here. And that's what happens to a lot of us. You, you don't even demand more of yourself. You don't demand more of life. You don't demand, you don't even think about going higher anymore because you've tried that once and going higher cost you too much of you. You had to stay up later. You, you, you lost friends. Because they said, look at you, who do you think you are? You had family members walked away. And so you said, that cost me too much. I don't want to do that anymore. So I'd rather go with the devil I know and stay miserable and keep you as company than to tr lose you and go higher. I want you to write this down. Where there is comfort... There is no growth. Where there is comfort, there is no growth. You will never find growth and comfortable in the same place. Not in the seed, not in the baby being ready to come out of the womb. You will never find growth and comfort in the same place. It's an oxymoron. You can't do it. You cannot go to the physical therapist and say, I just want to be comfortable, yet I want to get better. They'll say that you're in the wrong place. We're not here for your comfort. That's the hospital. We're only here, and the hospital is only here to comfort you for a certain period of time. Then they're sending you home. But you came here to the physical therapist. We are here to work that out and to grow that muscle back. We are here to stimulate you, to get you to grow, and to get you to walk. You may have the pain, but the pain will not kill you. The pain that we are going to cause is the pain of growth. And many people are satisfied with the pain of staying and not the pain of growth. And so you want to grow, but you want no pain. That's an oxymoron. You can't do it. It, it, it. It's not even logical to think that you can grow and not have pain. And anybody else's parents, when they were younger, you would just say you something would hurt, and they'd say, that's just growing pains. That's just growing pains. Get out of here. Now, can, nobody in this room, I, I will put anything down. Nobody in this room watching online can quantify and tell me what really is a growing pain. What's a growing pain? How do you know? What, how do you quantify a growing pain? Oh, that's just a growing pain. Go on in the room. You'll be okay. That's just a growing pain. Go on outside. What does that mean? 
Does it mean my shins are growing? What's going on? My arm is stretching out? My fingers? I don't know. It's a growing pain. Go on in the room. You'll be okay. Peter, here in John, after Jesus had died and come back and showed himself to the disciples, told, he told Thomas, put your hand here and showed him the nail prints. And, and you believed and, and because you saw, but blessed are those who, who have not seen, yet they still believe. And, and so Peter, before Jesus died, he told him, he said, I'm going, you're going to deny me three times. No, I'm not going to deny you three times, Lord. Come on now. I know, you know me. It's your boy, Peter. I'm not going to deny. Didn't you just see that when the soldier came, or didn't you know when the soldier came that I was going to cut off the ear? You know me. It's Peter. It's Peter. When, when people said, who do men say that I am? It was me. I spoke up and said who you are. So you know I'm not going to deny you. Hey, weren't you with, with, uh, with that guy that was causing all the records? Oh, no, not, not me. That wasn't me. No, 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 no. I'm sure that was you. I said that wasn't me. Then it got so bad, they said, no, I know that was you. You was with Jesus. Then he got to cussing. He got to cussing. He was burning Mac. I ain't scared. And so now he feels ashamed. Jesus died, came back. Now Peter said, All, everything that I believed in died. I got ashamed. I got embarrassed. I'm going to fish. I'm going to do what I know to do. I was a fisherman by trade. I, I, I grew up around fish. I can tell you how to scale it. I can tell you how to fry it. I'm, I'm a fisherman by nature. It's, it's nothing for me to know how to deal with fish. I'm a fisherman by nature, but, but, but I also walked on the water because I discerned his voice. But now all of that is forgotten because my ideal of what I thought would happen is gone, and I go official. And isn't it funny how we easily revert back to what didn't work and what God called us from when we get disappointed? And the real issue that I have with Peter is that when Peter said, I go a fishing, the other disciples with him, not being fishermen, said, I'm going with you too. Can I tell you something? That because of your experience and exposure, God says your voice matters more now than it did before. And so now when you get ready to make a decision, it's not going to just be about you. But there are so many people, you don't even realize it, you don't even see it, but there are many people who are watching you and many people who value what they have seen you do. They value the growth they've seen you have. That when you get ready to make a move and you get ready to make a decision, it's going to affect other people around you and other people are going to follow you based on the, your influence on their life. I don't feel like it, that I have influence. The Lord told me to tell you, 
you have more influence than you think you do. People have been watching you. Your, the real, the, the, your real admirers, the real people who really support you will never flat out come and say it. So he sent me to say it this morning. There are more people who are for you than who are against you. Amen. There are more people who are rooting for you than you realize. There are more people who want to see you win. But here's the thing about it. When you have left comfort and you begin to grow, the people who are still there find it hard to cheer because that means that you have really left me here. And I hate to admit, I wish I was with you. I hate to admit it. I wish I was with you. So since I can't say it, I'm just going to cheer from a distance. And some people, what you deem as hate is really them being jealous, is really them not knowing how to celebrate you properly because in celebrating you properly, they have to acknowledge that they can do something better as well. So instead of them challenging themselves, they hate on you because they say that if, if you can do it, I can do it. Or who do you think you are that you can do it and I can't? It's really them not knowing how to get out of their own way and not willing to be uncomfortable for a moment to go up higher. This okay? The Lord says, use your influence wisely. Use your influence wisely. Because you say, I go efficient. The people around you say, because we love you, we going with you. He goes fishing, and he's out there toiling all night long, the Bible says. And the morning was now come, and Jesus stood on the shore, and they knew not it was Jesus. How is it possible you walk with somebody? How is it possible you've seen somebody suffer? You've been in very intimate spaces with them, and you still don't know him. And Jesus said, have you any meat? And they said, no. The Lord said, based off of your efforts, have you seen any results? Based off of your efforts of going back this is for somebody. The Lord began to expose you, take you higher, take you and showing you greater. You hit a couple of roadblocks or bumps along the way. And instead of you continuing on, you reverted back to I go a fishing, trying to now in this new space use old tools and get results. And God is saying, for all of your toiling all night long, what do you have to show for it? I put you in a new place. You walked with the Savior. 
The Savior was talking to you. Greater works shall he be able to do because I go unto my Father. He was talking to you. He was telling you. He said, Peter, when, when he said, who do men say that I am? He said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. So he said, I'm going to do something mighty and great in your life. But because you've had a set of disappointments, now you say, I go a fishing because I was disappointed. And the Lord walked up on him and said, how's that working out for you? How's that going? Now, you was with me. I told you that I was going to build something on you. I told you I was going to do something great. I told you you were going to be the first one in your family. I told you that you were going to be the first one in your neighborhood. I told you that it was going to be nobody else like you from your bloodline that's going to do what I called you to do. And because you hit a set of roadblocks, you went back to familiar because familiar was easy. You went back to a system. You made some old contacts. You use some old contacts. You haven't talked to them in a while. And you know. You say, okay. Okay, well, I can't make the million over here, but I at least know I can make $200 over here. I'm just using that as an example. You know you can make that over here instead of pushing forward towards what God called you to. I'm going to go back over here, make this look quick hustle, and because I know how this thing works. And so I'm going to do this over here, and then I'm going to go back over there. And God said, for all of that, how's it working out for you? Have you any meat? Do you have anything to show for it? Do you have anything to show for it? For going back to what you know, how's that working out for you? And they just happen, simply gave him one sentence. No. No. Sometimes, sometimes let, me, let me tell you this. Sometimes the Lord just wants you to be honest with him. Don't try to placate him. Don't try to sugarcoat it. It's like you, you, you're lying to the Savior that already knows the answer. You're trying, to, you're trying to front on him as if he's a friend, he's a family member, he's a bill collector. You tell him the check is going to be in the mail by Friday. He already knows the check ain't going to be there. So you don't have to try to play these games with him. Sometimes it's just, it just takes you being completely honest with God for all of the toiling, for everything you've done. Have you any meat? No, 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 I don't have any. I don't have no meat, Lord. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. And you need to be honest with yourself and honest with God that the system you put in place is not working. It's just not working. No. He said, throw Cast your net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they did, and now they were unable to draw it in for the multitude of fish. My God. Can I get happy for a second? Can I just dance for a second? Give me some traveling music, because I got to dance for just a second. But this is what the Lord said. This is what he said. For all your toils, it did work. The Lord told me to tell you. 
Throw your net again. Oh, for every night you toiled and it didn't work. The Lord said, this is a prophetic word to you. Throw your net again. My God, I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what disappointed you. I don't know who disappointed you. But the Lord said, throw it again. My God, if you throw that net again, you won't be able to pull that fish in by yourself. Throw that net again. Throw that net again. Touch your neighbor say, throw it again. Throw it again. Throw it again. Throw that net again. My God. My God. My God. My God. Sorry, I've been waiting on you all week long because the Lord's been talking to me. And he said, I know what you did over there. It didn't work. And he said, for all the toil you did, it didn't work. Throw the net again, and I'm gonna cause it to work. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. It's the same body of water. It's not like I'm changing the body of water. It's not like I'm changing the boat. It's not like I'm changing the, the net. What I am doing is I am changing the situation because it's not led by you anymore. This is now about being discerning for my voice. And the moment you become discerning more about my voice than yours, then I'm going to give you direction to throw the net on the right side. The Lord is going to show you where to throw your nets. You have been throwing your net out aimlessly, but the Lord is going to show you where to throw your net. And this time when you throw your net, you won't be able to drag the fish in by yourself. Praise God for 30 seconds for your net. This is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. Just keep a soft bed under me. This is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. This is going to be unusual. What's going to happen? And because it's going to be unusual result, it's going to take unusual actions. You will not be able to do things in the way that you have done them before. Because if you expect an unusual blessing, it's going to take unusual actions. If you were expecting a regular blessing, then you can do regular actions. But that's what got you toiling all night. And the Bible says that Peter was naked. From He was frustrated. He was angry because I know this. I'm a fisherman. I grew up fishing. I know how to fish, but there's no fish in my net. Because Peter, you are doing it out of your efforts versus my voice. When you begin to listen to my voice and you begin to let me direct you, then I am going to show you how in that same body of water, that same area that other people said, we tried it here and it didn't work. We did this over here and that didn't work. The Lord said, I held it up for you. 
because I wanted you to discern my voice and not be so concerned about what they say. I don't care what the stats say. I don't care what social media says. I don't care what your family says. I don't care, it never worked over here. Good, that's a great opportunity because God is gonna make it flourish in the area where everybody else says, I wouldn't do it this way. I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't go to that bank. I wouldn't try to get a house in that area. I don't care what you say. The Lord said, throw your net again because I am going to provide you now with so much fish that you will not be able to draw that net in by yourself. You're going to need some help. And the Lord said, you're getting ready to see what I had buried right up under your feet the whole time. I'm sorry, I got it. I'm getting happy for myself. I'm preaching to myself. You're about to see what I had buried right up under you the whole time, but you can never see it if you are always trying to be comfortable. The Lord said you're trying to put your faith in, in the comfort zone because in a comfort zone, you can see the results in a comfort zone, you can see what has worked before. So you're trying to apply your faith here. Romans 8 and 24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why do you hope for it? God said, why are you hoping for something you can see? I don't have to hope that I can get it in my truck outside. It's outside. I just use the key and get in it. But many of us are trying to use our faith, and we call it faith, but it's stuff you can do already. But for what God is calling you to do, it's unusual, it's supernatural. You can't do it without Him. And the Lord said, you gotta get out of your own head and get out of your own comfort zone, and you gotta throw that net again according to my voice. And if you throw that net again, I am going to make it so that you will not be able to pull it in by yourself. Mm. Oh, hold, 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 hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, because, because he just reminded me of something. He said, wait a minute, what did you just say earlier? You said one can chase a thousand, two, ten thousand. He said, this next blessing that I'm getting ready to do in your life, there's going to be a level of partnership that is going to be required for you. Glory to God. There's a level of partnership. Some of you have been scared to go out. The funding is there. The partners is there. You're not going to have to try to draw this thing in by yourself. God said, I'm going to put you in partnership and collaboration with people. I'm going to show you where to get the fish. But it's going to be so much fish that you're going to now need help from others around you to pull it in. What does that mean? It's going to be so many deals that you with your two hands won't be able to do it by yourself. So now you're going to have to form joint ventures and LLCs and now form a partnership with other people so that when there is supply, there is the demand that the supply can handle the demand. God forbid if there's a demand and no supply but I'm going to put you in a network of partners so that when the demand comes the supply is amply there to supply it. I don't know who that's 
four. You could be watching online. You could be in here. But God is about to hook you up with the right people to pull your fish in. Glory to God. I dare you to praise God. He's about to hook you up. Glory to God. Verse number nine says, as soon as they came to land, I'm almost done, that they saw coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said unto them, bring the fish you caught. And the Bible says that they brought so many fish, 153, their nets did not break. Their nets did not break. Your nets are not going to break. Your nets are not going to break. When the Lord brings this harvest into your life, I don't care if your mama's net broke. I don't care if your auntie's net broke. I don't care if you've had a, a previous company and the nets broke. The Lord said the nets will not break. The Lord said the net cannot break because I have given the net authorization to carry what I have given you. And because the net is being led by me, the net cannot break. So the next time you go out and you begin to pull in what the Lord said, pull in, your nets will not break. Your nets will not break. That is your word from God. Your nets will not break. I dare you to pull that thing in. Your nets will not break. Jesus said, come and dine. Come and dine. And I got to thinking about something. This sounds familiar. You brought me you, you said, throw my nets on the right side. And I drew so much fish in that my nets didn't break. And I got more fish than I could ask for. Then I got to land because I perceived that it was you. And I realized that that was you calling me and you telling me. And now you're saying, come and eat this fish. Wait a minute. Sorry, my Holy Ghost is acting up in here. Come and eat this fish. Wait a minute. I'm bringing fish. And you already have fish. God said, glory to God. He said, Remind my children of what I said in Deuteronomy 1.11. Yeah. The Lord God of your fathers will make you a thousand times so many more as you are and bless you as he has promised you. I wish you knew what that meant. He said, you're going to drag this thing in and when you drag that blessing in, it's gonna be, you're going to drag it in to the blessing I already have prepared for you. It's already prepared. I'm just showing you if you listen to my voice, I'm going to bless you and bless you. 
I'm going to bless you and bless you. I'm going to bless you with your hands and I'm going to bless you with what I have already prepared. I'm going to bless you and bless you. I'm going to bless you and bless you. I wish you would get happy with me. I'm going to bless you by your hands and I'm going to bless you by my hands. I already got that fish cooking. The fish has already been scaled. I'm going to bless you and bless you by what I already have. That's your word. He's going to bless you and bless you. The moment you start listening to me more than listening to yourself, I'm going to bless you and bless you. And there will be no doubt that the Lord is on your side. Glory to God. Glory to God. The table is set. Come and eat. The table is set. Come and eat. That table is set. Come and eat. The table is set. Come and eat. I'm going to bless you and bless you. I'm going to bless you by your hands. And I'm going to bless you in a way that's unexplainable. I can explain these fish because I brought it in with my partnership. But you can't explain that fish that was already up there waiting on me. This is the Lord's work. And it's mighty in our eyesight. Some people are going to say, how did you do it? How are you able to have a blessing like that? This is the Lord's work. And it's mighty in my eyesight. This is God's doing. This is God's doing. Your nets have been too predictable. Your nets have been too predictable. When things get hard, you go back to fishing according to the way you know. But God said, if you listen to me, I'm going to have you dragging that sucker in to my dinner table I already have prepared for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. I wish you would get happy and get excited because somebody's about to eat some fried fish tonight. Glory to God. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here. But the real reason, the real reason, the real reason why he filled the nets with fish and prepared fish on the shore is because the Lord never wants you to be distracted by that anymore. I don't want you to be distracted by that anymore. No pun intended, but what you distracted by, I go a fishing. These fish is small fish compared to what I really have for you. And you get easily distracted, I go a fishing. And then you did that and that didn't work out. Then he gave you the fish and drew you to some more fish that was on the shore. He said, I don't want you to get distracted by that anymore. After this, we never hear Peter talking about fish again because now Peter is established as the patriarch of the Christian church. He said, what I have for you is bigger than these fish. Don't get distracted by these fish anymore. I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't get distracted by these little things anymore. 
Don't get distracted by what brought you comfort anymore. Don't get distracted. I don't care about the fish. I put fish in your net and I have fish up here. It's not about the fish, Peter. It's about discerning and listening to my voice. I'm sick of talking about the fish. Here's a net full. Here's a plate full. Eat the fish, but we got bigger business to handle. We got bigger stuff to handle. I'm causing you, calling you to shake a generation, to shake a bloodline. And I cannot have you worried about fish. I'm calling you to establish my church in the earth, Peter. I can't have you distracted by some fish. Here your fish, have your fish. But what I'm calling you to do is much, much bigger than this. It's much bigger than you. It's much bigger than what you can see. But because that's easy, that's the way you go back. Because it's easier to go fishing than to be the rock that he establishes this church on. Because when you're the rock, you got to be solid when everybody else walks away. You got to be solid and steadfast when everybody else gives up. You got to be that rock and be controversial. When other people say, I would quit, I wouldn't do this in that economy, how could you do this? Why would you, why would you think about doing that? How could you be that young and go in there facing people twice your age and giving them knowledge and giving them information? And how can you be a leader among men and you're looking like a boy yourself? It's not about the fish. It's not about the fish. The fish has just been a distraction. It's because I'm taking you higher. And I need you to get that out of your system. I need you to get that, flush that out of your system. So we can now talk about kingdom business. Flush that out of your system. So we can now sit down and talk about kingdom business. How do we buy the block? Let's talk about something bigger. I don't want to talk about no fish. How can we establish, how can we, you see that building over there? How can you own it instead of leasing the space? How can you own the building? That patch of land you keep driving by, don't think about putting a house there. Own the land. Now let's put a development there. Don't think about the fish. Let's think bigger. Let's think bigger. Renegotiate the contract because you were thinking too low of yourself. You were thinking about the fish. It ain't about the fish. The fish is a distraction. We got business to handle. I'm about to make you a history maker. They will never be able to write my book without including you. They will never be able to write the Gospels without including you, Peter, the one who denied me, the one who cussed people out in denial, the one who was zealous. You jumped out of the boat and you got scared. The one who now you swam and got frustrated and, and you, were, you were fishing and threw your clothes off. 
You were embarrassed because what did work doesn't work. He said, I didn't need all, I didn't, I, I let you go through all that just to show you it was never about the fish. It was never about the fish. There's three things I want to tell you. Do something outside of what you would normally do or drawn to. Go beyond your normal. The Lord said, I'm going to give you the victory when you go beyond your normal. If your normal is going to an eight, he said, go to an 11. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Because I'm calling you where I'm calling you to. Where I'm calling you to. I am calling you to a place that if you keep going at an eight and I put you in the place I'm really calling you to, you will not be able to sustain yourself there. Because you, at an eight, you'll be too fragile for the weight I'm about to put on you. Because I'm about to put you into a room with people who run at a 15. I can't have you in the room and your highest is eight. Because they'll eat you up and devour you. And they'll take advantage of you. And they'll treat you like a little boy. And they'll treat you like a nobody. But I'm trying to build up that resistance. Go harder. And watch what I do. And they'll say, how did you get all those fish? And how did you get fish up here? Because I wasn't worried about the fish. I was worried about his voice. Do something that you normally would not do. Go harder. Push yourself harder. This is the last point I got to make. This is the last point. This is the last point. The Lord told me to tell you. The sky is not the limit. The sky is in your way. Do you hear what I said? The sky is not the limit. The sky is in your way. The sky is not the limit. Everybody saying the sky is the limit. The sky is in your way. Go beyond it. There's a whole galaxy out there beyond the sky we see. The sky is not the limit. The sky is the limit you see, but the sky is really in your way. Ask any of these rocket ships that have taken off. The sky is in their way for the higher they're trying to go to. The sky is in your way. The sky is not the limit. The sky is in your way. Go higher. Go higher. Push yourself higher. Throw your nets on the right side. I guarantee you, you're going to have so much you won't be able to pull it in by yourself. 
heads bowed, eyes closed. The sky is not the limit. The sky is not the limit. Stop limiting yourself to the sky that you can see and limit yourself to the sky that God has prepared for you. The sky is not the limit. God's galaxy is so far beyond what we can see. If man tries to go to it and explore it, we could not sustain in that high altitude because he said, I don't want you in my business and what God has for you. Other people can't see it, you can't see it, and it's higher than what you can see or imagine. Your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, neither has it entered your heart the things I have prepared for you. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't grow. I'm going to make you a thousand times more than you are and bless you. The sky is in your way. The sky is in your way. The sky is in your way. I'm going to ask you to stand and lift your hands. Let's worship the Father. Worship him. Worship him. Because he's giving you direction. He's giving you clarity. Some of you, you've been feeling like you've been at a blockade and you've been feeling like your ideals, your creativity have been jammed up. And Lord, I just need clarity as to what to do here. I need clarity as to how to get out of this. And normally these things would flow. Normally I would know how to get out. Normally I would know what companies to apply to. Normally I would know who to talk to. And things feel like they're being jammed up now. And it feels like, Lord, I'm being stopped up. And it feels like, Lord, I can't really see my way clear. And he says exactly the point. You have been trying to do things in your comfort. You have been throwing your nets on the side that you're used to. But if you just listen to my voice, your nets have been too predictable. Throw your net on the other side and come get this fish I got prepared for you so we can go on and talk about something else. Father, I pray for clarity. I pray for direction. I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room and logged on, God, who has felt jammed up, who has felt stopped up, who has felt as though, Lord, I'm doing everything I know how to do and I'm seeing no results, Lord, and I'm getting frustrated and the devil is telling me you can't be a believer and be that stopped up. The devil is fighting me, Lord, and I'm fighting a good fight of faith, but I need clarity. I need understanding. I need help. And the Lord sent this word today to say your nets have been too predictable. If you come out of that comfort zone, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless you. Oh, my daddy, your spire. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless you. 
I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you in, the, in your coming. I'm going to bless you in your going. I'm going to bless you in your uprising. I'm going to bless you in your downsetting. I'm going to bless you up. I'm going to bless you down. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you. And it won't make sense. It won't even look like what you had in mind. Because I know what my mind is for you. And it goes way beyond what you can see. Because the sky is not the limit. The sky is just in your way. Now praise God for your deliverance. Praise God for your answer. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. He said, praise me for the freedom. Praise me for the freedom. Now, it doesn't seem like this is a chain and shackles message. It doesn't seem like we're talking about uh, locked up to sin, but some of us have been locked up to an old ideal, locked up to an old concept, locked up to familiarity, locked up to what used to bring you peace, locked up to what people said, locked up to the limits people put on you. He said, but I am liberating you today. I am giving you freedom today. So now these are your freedom papers. I thank God that I'm free. We ended last week the same way. I am free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. I'm no longer bound. No more chains holding me. I'm no longer stuck to the nets of my past. Just because that worked 15 years ago, God said, don't think it's going to work now. I am a moving God. I am a moving God. I am a moving God. I'm a flowing God. And you trying to do stuff that I did 15 years ago and wonder why there is no flow. I flowed on. God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you to sow a seed in this environment, in this anointing. Baby, come on. I'm going to ask you to get your, your checkbooks, your pocket, whatever. I'm just, I'm just lost at this moment. But, but I'm going to challenge you to sow in this moment. I'm going to challenge you to put your faith and go beyond what you normally do. I'm going to challenge you. Throw your net on the other side. If you need a card, we got our cards. If, if you want to text to give, you want to cash, whatever you want to do, I'm going to challenge you to go beyond what you're going to do. I'm going to challenge you to go beyond what you normally do because this is an unusual message. This is an unusual message for an unusual people who are expecting unusual blessing. This is not the same blessing that you have been expecting before. This is unusual, and God is doing something supernatural in this place. He's doing something supernatural in this place. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you do like my father in the gospel, if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. But if you go beyond what you have done, you're going to get more. You're going to get higher. You're going to get greater. Somebody's business is about to accept and have a new contract come before them that you couldn't even imagine. 
Somebody, I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. You'll come back next week and you're going to have a testimony about what the Lord did for you this week. I don't know who that's for, but you're getting ready to do something this week. The Lord said he's about to open the door for you this week. I speak to you as a prophet in the Lord's house. You're about to do something this week that you're going to come back next week and testify. It was something that you didn't even expect. It was something that you didn't even comprehend. It was something that you couldn't even fathom. It was something that you had your mind set on and God went beyond that. You had your heart set on it and God went beyond that. God's going to blow your mind. In a supernatural way. In a supernatural way. In a supernatural way. In a supernatural way. The glory of the Lord is in this place. The glory of the Lord is in this place. The supernatural is here. The supernatural is here. He has anointed me to call out the supernatural in your life. He has anointed me. The supernatural is happening. The supernatural is happening. Supernatural. God said if you put your natural with his super, the supernatural can happen. The supernatural. I'm believing God for the supernatural for your life. You can't explain it. You're trying to figure out ways to get people to understand what happened. But you can't really do it because God just did a wonder. He just did a work in your life. Glory to God. Flow. Be careful, son. Flow. Flow. There's a flow. There's a flow. But uh, oh, I gotta pray and get out. There's a flow. Flow. There's a flow. Lift your seats up. Let all my worship. Let all my praise, let it flow. Father, I pray for every seed that's lifted. I pray, God, for every hand that's held. I pray for every household that's represented. I pray, God, for a supernatural flow. I decree and declare that there's going to be a supernatural flow in the lives of your people. I decree and declare that that thing that's been jammed up and damned up, that thing that's been stopped, I decree and declare a flow. I decree and declare there will be a flow. Rivers of living water. I decree and declare that everything that's been stopped up, every creative ideal, every business deal, every contract God, Everything that's been stopped up, I command a flow in the name of Jesus. In the name that's above every name. It is done. It is done. It is done. It is done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Celebrate. Come on. Celebrate. Celebrate, celebrate.
flow, flow to you. Maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. It's that simple. You cannot have a flow because you do not know the father of the flow. You cannot throw your nets because you cannot discern the Lord's voice because you do not yet know the Lord. If you repeat after me, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your mercy. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me, Lord. Clean me, Lord. Make me new. I thank you and I accept you as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap those hands for those who receive the Lord's prayer. I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to get you out of here. But I'm not releasing the service. I'm not dismissing the service. I'm getting you out of here so you can go see what he got out there next. I'm, getting, I'm letting you leave here so that the moment you walk out these doors, the moment you log off, that's about to be a flow. I'm getting you out of here because he said, come and dine so we can talk about what's next. We love you. We love you. And unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask or think. To the only wise God, our Savior, our Redeemer, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you said today. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what's next. You got the fish out of the way so we can talk about something bigger. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Hug your neighbor. We love you. I can't wait to see you next week with your testimony. Glory to God. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord.